0: The missions are now open
1: For all types of South african music To be playlisted on Radio Yesterfield The likes of Gospel Trip and
2: hip-hop, hip-hop Then what's that they make? What? Protest with bombs in the street hmm? How many are all dead in the cave? How many? My only question is What's that? Or is
0: it enough? jy. am sorry to be full What's
1: Dance hall and reggae tunes. I still smell you, I still smell you, yes I do. And of course, bombing house music. We don't mind the language, we don't mind the genre. <laughs> Email now to info at Title your email Playlist Me <laughs> yes, that a beat. Our station, our talent, our people
0: From that heavenly Heavenly way Well, I was wretched and as vile as I could be. But my Savior above gave me peace, joy, and love. When He reached down His hand, for me One more time, please Pick up this mic Just a tiny bit, please uh, Once my soul Was astray From that heavenly Heavenly way I was wretched And as vile As could be Savior above gave me peace, joy, and love when he speaks. Reach down his hand for me when my Savior reached down for. done without God or His Son. again please now my heart does rejoice since I made him my choice from the tempest to him now I flee you know I learned to leave on his arm And I'm secure From all Since he reached The way down For oh. me And my Savior Reached down For oh. he reached down his hand for one more time now, when my Savior reached down.
2: To Radio Yester A very good morning to all our listeners here on Radio Yester May the Lord Jesus Christ bless you and may he be with you. Thank you for once again tuning in on the program and on the platform. This is Evangelist Alma addressing you from the studios of Radio Yester River in Cape Town, South Africa. And may the Lord just bless you and may he be with you. You can catch us live on Facebook. You can catch us on the Radio Yester River page on Facebook. You can download the app on the Play Store. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And thank you so much for all your support. Now for those of you that have your Bibles ready, you can turn with me please to the book of Luke. The Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter number 15. And we shall read from verse 8. It says, Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it? And when she found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. May the Lord add His blessings to the reading of His Word. Yes, beautiful song we listen to, speaking about when my Savior reached down for me. I was lost and undone, without God or His Son but he gently reached down for me. And that is what the gospel is all about, people. It is about God reaching down to us. Not us reaching up to God, but God coming down to us. The Bible says in John 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it says in verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Yes, it is God coming down to us. We see also in the Garden of Eden, in Genesis chapter 3, that it was God seeking the lost. It was God asking Adam, where are you? It was not man asking God, where are you? After man had transgressed, after man had sinned. But it was God seeking the lost. And that is why Jesus came. The Bible says that the Son of Man came to seek and to find that which was lost. Yes. And we're reading out of the gospel according to Saint Luke. Now we know that Luke was also a physician. So he was an educated man. He had a lot of knowledge about medicine, diseases, the human body. But on top of that, he was also a believer in Jesus Christ and he was not just a believer he was also an evangelist so he was a narrator of the gospel of jesus christ and that is in plain simple short language what an evangelist is it is a narrator it is somebody that brings us the tiding it is a reporter it is a broadcaster it is somebody that informs us of the facts in plain language we can also say it is a storyteller It is somebody that conveys a story that conveys a message And Luke is giving us the message of Jesus Christ. Yes now there is no other message and we should also stick to this message. Paul gave a writing in Galatians chapter 1 and he said though we or an angel from heaven comes down and preaches another gospel contrary to the one that has already been preached let him be accursed. So we should stick to that original gospel message. Now Jesus spoke many times in parables. So Jesus himself was also a storyteller. Now Jesus used symbols in the natural to convey a spiritual message. And we see that throughout his teachings, throughout his life and his ministry. Jesus never went to a theological college. He never went to some seminary. We don't even have any record of Jesus going to school anywhere. There was no need for him to go to school anywhere because he was the very creator himself. He knew all things the Bible even says that that people did not have to testify about others. If you read John chapter 2, the Bible says that Jesus knew what was in people. Yes, he could even discern the thoughts that were in their hearts. But we see that Jesus had a different teaching style. He was taking things from the earth, natural elements, to convey a spiritual message. He did not have the high sophisticated language. He did not have the great big vocabulary. We see, for instance, also John the Baptist, which was sent as the forerunner of the first coming of Jesus Christ. Even John the Baptist did not use a high extensive vocabulary, but he used very plain language. He was saying the axe is laid to the uh, root of the tree. He was calling the religious leaders that were hypocrites, he called them a brood of vipers. We see that John himself, he was in the wilderness and it is there where he was eating locusts and wild honey. So he was also a man of nature. And the only way that he could express his message was by using things and elements that are found in nature already. And so it was also with Jesus. Jesus spoke very plain. The Bible says that the common people heard him gladly. So he spoke in a very plain way so that people could understand yes he he didn't go into the depths of things and complicated matters but he made it very plain so that even a child could understand what it was that he was saying and jesus spoke multiple parables yes and in these parables we find moral lessons lessons that we can apply in our own lives And we also found great truths pertaining to the kingdom of God. And it is through these parables that Jesus makes known unto us his word. Yes. Now here we have a parable of a woman. Yes. Jesus speaks about this woman that has 10 pieces of silver. She loses one piece and then she sort of goes into a state of panic. And she starts sweeping around. Now, in those days, people had dirt floors. It was not as advanced and developed as we are today with tiling, with carpets and all these type of things. But they had dirt floors. So she had to sweep around and she had to to really look for it. She had to diligently seek. See, even the Bible says, lighted up a candle. So she was looking in the dark places for this. And what we can really see from this is, the crux of it is, that it's about the loss being found. Jesus in this Luke chapter 15 gave three parables. He spoke about the lost sheep, he spoke about the lost coin, and then he even speaks about the prodigal son. And we see that the crux of the matter, the moral of the story is about finding the loss. Jesus was speaking here about the lost sheep, about a man that has a hundred sheep, the one goes lost or missing and he goes to look for that one till he finds it. And then we have here the lost coin, we have the prodigal son which we are all familiar with and the prodigal son we know that he got his inheritance and then he basically went and wasted it. He lived an irresponsible, immoral life and when everything was done and dusted we see him being deserted, isolated and forsaken. And then it is the same young man that then realizes that he needs to go back to the house of his father where there is abundance. And the story of the prodigal son is a beautiful story of repentance. It is about a sinner coming to a realization that he has sinned and returning to the father and making a confession that I have sinned against thee and I have sinned against heaven. And we see the father, instead of chasing him away, the father embraced him. Yes, and so it is, that is what the gospel is about. It is about sinners that comes to repentance. Yes, and we see instead of the father rebuking him, the father was embracing him. And that is God's attitude towards us. Jesus says, him that shall come to me, I shall in no wise cast out. So if people are just willing to get up and come to God, admit their wrongs, confess their sins, God is more than willing to forgive them and God will embrace them. God will not cast them away, chase them away, but Jesus even showed us, he demonstrated it in his his, uh, entire ministry. We see, look at for instance, the woman that was caught in adultery. Jesus could have also said, Get the stones ready so I can cast the first stone. But he took a totally different approach. She was already condemned. She already deserved death. But Jesus came and he set her free. He forgave her. But just bear in mind that Jesus didn't tell her to go and commit adultery again. Jesus told her, go and sin no more or else worse things will come upon you. So Jesus took a different approach and this is what these parables really have in common. Whether we look at the lost sheep, the lost coin or the prodigal son, it is about the lost being found. Yes, the lost sheep being found, the lost coin being found, the lost son, the prodigal son coming back and being found again. Now we won't go in detail about the lost sheep and and the prodigal son. We want to focus this morning on the lost coin. Now for you to understand the preacher much better about this woman having 10 pieces of silver. Now this 10 pieces of silver if you go into the Middle Eastern times you would understand the Bible better in the days when this was written. So when a woman became married unto a man she would wear a headpiece and this headpiece would then contain the 10 pieces of silver and as long as she wore the headpiece with the the 10 pieces of silver it proved that she was a married woman so if you saw her like today a woman with a ring you would know to stay away from such a woman and today also or in that time we see the 10 pieces of silver was an outward sign that it's a married woman so you're not supposed to touch her or to go by her and she had to make sure she keeps the 10 pieces of silver around the head in that headpiece And if it would be found that she lost one of them, immediately she would look suspicious that she was doing something that she was not supposed to be doing, that she was unfaithful to her husband. And the moment when she lost one of the 10 pieces, she went into a state of panic because she knew she was innocent, but somehow something happened and she lost one piece. And she knew if her husband comes back and sees that she doesn't have the 10 pieces, she would be in trouble. And she was looking around and scratching around. She was even using a candle, the Bible says. So she was looking in the dark to find that which was lost. Yes, she made an effort. And today what you need to do is to take the light of the candle of the word. The Bible even calls the scripture the light. If you go into Psalm 119, the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So what we need to do is is to take the light of the word and to look for the lost. Yes, to look for the souls that are lost. Now a woman spiritually also represents the church. We have spoke about this on previous broadcasts, that when it comes to a woman, God compared his people as being married to him, being betrothed to him. The Apostle Paul also told that the church of Corinthians that he betrothed them. To Christ, so basically, the church is like the bride, and Jesus is like the bridegroom. So, when it comes to this woman having 10 pieces of silver, if we go into the natural, silver is money, so it is something that you need to live by. And Jesus also gave us things that we should love by. And it is these things that we should keep. Yes, it is his word. And if we lose his word, and he finds us in such a state or condition that we have lost his word, we stand guilty and condemned. But when Jesus comes, he needs to find us with these things that he left us to love of. So she had to love of silver, she had to love of money, but the church loves of the word of God. So he needs to find them with these silver pieces, which means he needs to find them loving of what he gave them, which is the word. And the church needs to use the light of the word to seek for the lost out there. So that when the husband or the bridegroom returns, that he will find her in a pleasant condition or in a pleasant state. But if we look at us as Christians today, we need to examine ourselves. The church has become lukewarm. And this is a reality which the Bible also highlights in the book of Revelation chapter number three where the Bible says that you are neither hot you are neither cold but you are lukewarm and because you are lukewarm I will spew you out of my mouth. And that is the condition that Christianity finds itself in today, that people are neither hot, neither are they cold. To be hot means to be on fire, to have a passion, to have a zeal, to have a love, to have a hunger, to have a thirst. To be cold means merely that you are dead, so there is nothing that connects you to God But now Jesus rebukes the church and he says that it is lukewarm. So it is somewhere in between. That is what lukewarm means. Somewhere in between, hypocritical in nature, somewhere in the middle, sitting on the fence. And that is the condition that the church finds itself in. But we see that this woman went into a state of desperation. Yes, a state of desperation where she was looking what she lost. And that is also what the church needs to do. The church needs to look for what it lost. We see, for instance, on the day of Pentecost, in the book of Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that they were in one place and in one accord. And the Bible says it was heard a sound of a mighty rushing wind. Yes, and then God poured out his spirit. And the Bible says that it was seen upon, upon them cloven tongues such as fire, cloven tongues of fire. Now the cloven tongues of fire, it is the same pillar of fire in the Old Testament, which was a manifestation of God himself. The Bible says that our God is a consuming fire. It was the same pillar of fire that divided itself into tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost. It was God himself pouring himself out into his church. So that the scripture might be fulfilled according to Joel chapter 2, that it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Yes, so God was fulfilling his promise and he poured out his spirit. And we see that the church in the beginning was founded right there on the day of Pentecost. The church was not found after that, 325 years or even more, but the church was founded... On the day of Pentecost when God poured out his spirit. And then we also see that there was something unique about the church back then. About the original church. The Bible says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine. So what they were believing and what they were practicing. It came from what the apostles were teaching and practicing. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1 that Jesus gave commandments to the apostles. To the apostles through the Holy Spirit. Yes, that is what Jesus did. He gave commandments to them. So what the apostles spoke was as good as what Jesus spoke. He spoke his word to them and they spoke his word to the people. Yes, that is as simple as it is. And we see that the church in the beginning, they taught repentance. Yes, they taught repentance, and that is a topic that has been silenced in many circles and communities today. It is a topic that is no longer being brought to the surface, but instead it's being hid under the carpet. But the Bible says that God requires of all men everywhere that they should repent. And this is what Jesus himself taught, this is what the prophets taught, this is what the apostles taught. It is repentance, that people should repent. The Bible says in the beginning, right there after the church was started, they were commanded to repent and to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins, and they should shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Yes. Now we see that how things were in the beginning. It is no longer so today. So the church has lost that condition. The church has lost that state In which it was, the church has lost the original word and the Bible says in the epistle of Jude that we should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. What the saints believed, what the saints practiced, yes, whether it comes to the foot washing, which is a biblical doctrine, which we find in John chapter 13, whether it is the Lord's Supper, which we find recorded throughout the Gospels, and even in the Apostles of Paul, and even in the book of Acts, we see them physically practicing it as the breaking of the bread. With one cup, with one bread that gets uh, broken up in many pieces, as the body of Christ is one, like one bread being divided into many pieces. The Bible says he took one cup, yes, and it was one cup that was being passed on amongst them, and they were drinking of that one cup, yes. We also spiritually, yes, we drink from one source, which is God, hallelujah. And the, 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 the contents of the cup represent the blood of Christ, which was shed for the sins of the world, yes. And how things were done in the beginning is no longer how things are today. So the church has lost that condition, it has lost that state, the way things were in the beginning, and the church ought to seek how things were, they ought to seek that which they had lost, and if the church will find that again, if they will find that old way again, that way of the word of God, the church will become in that same condition again as it was in the very beginning, yes. Now we're going to take a break quickly. We're going to listen to that song again, When He Reached Down His Hand For Me by Jimmy Swaggart. Please tell all your friends, your neighbors to tune into our radio station. They can download the app on the Play Store, on the Huawei Gallery and App Store, or they can just uh, tune in via Facebook, listen to us on the Radio Easter River Play, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and may the Lord bless you. We return shortly.
1: You are listening to Radio Yestereva
0: From that heavenly heavenly way Well I was wretched and as vile as I could be But my Savior Gave me peace, joy, and love when he reached down his hand for me. One more time, please. Pick up this mic just a tiny bit, please. Once my soul. Was astray from that heavenly, heavenly way I was wretched and as vile as could be, but my savior Speech reached down his hand for me when my savior reached down for. made him my choice. From the tempest to him, now I flee. Yes, I do. Now I leave all his own. I'm secure. So
1: the leading internet radio station in the mother city. There are many ways to stream our shows. Visit us on our Facebook page, live at Radio East River. Also visit us on our website www.radioestriver.co.za or download the Radio East River app available and supported on any and all smart devices. Radio East River, die
2: God bless you and welcome back to this morning's broadcast of the message of the hour. So we're speaking about the lost coin and we see this woman sweeping around and looking for it even lighting up the candle so that she can find this coin and when she finds it she rejoices. Yes and Jesus says also likewise I say unto you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. Now notice the Bible says in the presence of the angels so who is in the presence of the angels it is God himself so God rejoices God is happy when he sees just one sinner that repents yes one sinner that repents and that is really what God came to do that is why he sent his only begotten son into the world so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life that is what the, the gospel is about that is what the redemption story is all about it is about God saving us God redeeming us and God reaching down his hand so that he can touch us so that he can enlighten us so that he can take us out of darkness into light yes and we were speaking about this also in the light of the church yes how that the church is also presented in the bible as a woman and how that the woman is a. Uh, betrothed, yes, she is engaged unto the, the groom. So the church is the bride, <clears throat> and Jesus is the bridegroom. As the Bible even says in the book of John chapter 3 from verse 29, that the friend of the bridegroom rejoices. So John the Baptist is referring to himself as the friend of the bridegroom. So if Jesus is the bridegroom, it means that the church is the bride. Even as the apostle Paul said in his epistle. In 2 sec- Corinthians chapter 11, how did he bethrow the church unto Christ to be a chaste virgin? So the church definitely represents a woman. And God gave us something, yes. God gave us something to live of, Just as this woman had to live off the ten pieces of silver, we see also that uh, God gave us his word to live off. And when he comes, Jesus was asking this question in Luke chapter 18. When the Son of Man comes... Shall he find the faith on the earth? Now he was not talking about a faith, but he was talking about the faith. And the Bible says in Jude chapter th- the book of Jude, chapter number 3 or verse 3, that we should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Yes, not a faith, but the faith. The way they believed in the beginning, what they practiced in the beginning. <clears throat> and that is a condition that the church has, fall- has fallen from. And the church needs to come back to that position so that they may be ready when Jesus comes again. Yes, the church must be ready. Now the Bible says that when Jesus shall appear in 1 John chapter 3, we shall see him as he is. Yes, and the Bible says that we shall be like him. And the Bible says the hope of this purifies us. The hope of seeing Jesus again. And this is also a very vital fundamental Teaching of the Bible, and that is the second coming of the Lord. If we have everything that we have in his present state and condition, what has transpired in the past, what is happening now, but if the future cannot be fulfilled, then it is all in vain. If there's no resurrection, then it's all in vain. If there's no return of Christ, it's all in vain. Then Christianity could just be another religion, just another cult or just something that's part of the past, that's mythological. But it is not so. Christianity is an absolutely... Truthful experience, yes. And when Jesus comes again, it will be a reality. It, will, it is not a myth, but it is an absolute reality. The Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter 4, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven. So it will be an actual event. It will be a true happening when Jesus comes again. Now Jesus says in Revelation chapter 22, Behold, I come quickly. And this has been misunderstood for over 2,000 years. And many people are scoffing and are mocking and are saying that where is the promise of his coming? Because since the fathers fell asleep, everything remains as it was since the beginning of creation. And you can read that in Second Peter chapter 3. And today there are also scoffers. Many times people have the expression and they say you will wait until Jesus comes and it is a sarcastic expression whereby people mean that you will wait forever because they they think that Jesus will never come again. But if you study carefully Revelation chapter 22 where Jesus says behold I come quickly it was referring to the manner in which he was come. He was not connecting time to it but he was expressing the manner in which he will come he will come quickly the bible says he will come as a thief in the night the bible says he will come in a day and an hour when nobody expects it and therefore he calls us he summons us to watch and to wait to watch and to pray yes so that is what it's about it will be an event that happens suddenly it will be uh, unexpected but he will come The Bible says, yet a little while more, and he that promised to come, he will come and he will not tarry. Yes, Jesus will come again. And when he comes, shall he find the faith in the earth? The Bible says that when the bridegroom comes in Matthew chapter 25, that those that were ready went in to meet him. Yes, those that were ready, they went in. So you will come for those that will be ready, those that are in the faith, the faith that was once delivered do the saints yes the original faith that was preached by the original church fathers which were the 12 apostles of jesus christ whom he gave commands to and the bible says that the first church remained steadfastly in the apostles doctrine yes they remained in the apostles doctrine in the teachings and writings of the apostles and that would be peter paul that would be james john that would be jude that would be all of them listed in the bible what they were preaching and teaching those were actually the commandments of the Lord because the Lord commanded them. The Lord took them into His service and the Lord entrusted them with this task of preaching the gospel. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 28 Jesus addressing the disciples and telling them, Go ye therefore teaching all nations. And then Jesus also said in Mark chapter 16, go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. Yes. So they are the original fathers that were preaching the gospel and that were teaching the nations. And what they taught is valid. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 20, built upon the doctrines of, of the apostles built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. So what the apostles says are valid today just as good as it was back then. Whether it refers to how the church should be run, how it refers to the teachings of the church, how it refers to how people should conduct their lives, what they said and laid down as a foundation is still valid even today for the church. Because it was not their own words, their own teachings, their own views, their own opinions. But these were actually what Jesus commanded them to write. This is what Jesus inspired them to write. This is what Jesus told them to do. And so it must be even in this day and in this age that we should get back in step that which was lost, now if you study church history you will see that a lot of the original church's teachings and doctrines became lost. Especially when Christianity uh, mixed with Romanism, yes, and or with paganism and then it brought forth something completely different that still had an outward appearance of Christianity but inwardly it was nothing to do with God. Or his word. And if you study throughout the Dark Ages, you will notice that it was a period in time where normal people of the public did not have access to the Bible in their own language. And they had to take whatever a priest would tell them, and the Bible was available in the Latin language. So people were unable to verify whether the preachings or teachings that they were receiving was actually valid according to the Bible. They were unable to do the comparison until the great breakthrough of the Great Reformation, where there were figures that rose and Protestantism came into existence and the Bible was being translated into the various languages, whether it be English, whether it be German, whether it be even today, the Bible is available in many, many languages. Yes, and people are able to verify for themselves What they are being taught, whether it is the truth. And it is so important that we must verify what we are being taught. What the scripture because our eternal destination depends on it what you are being taught it matters what you are being teached it matters where you go to church to it matters what you receive into your heart it does matter because ultimately it determines the end destination of your soul and therefore it is the duty of every man and woman to check for themselves what the Bible has to say about matters not take my word for the somebody else's word for it but to actually check what God's word has to say about it now we are living in a day in a time where there is many deception Jesus gave warning about this in Matthew chapter 24 and he said that there shall arise many false Christs and, and false prophets and they shall do great signs and wonders if it were possible to deceive even the very elected Jesus said take ye that no man deceives you For many shall come in my name, in Jesus' name, and they shall say, I am the Christ. The Christ means the anointed one. So many shall come in Jesus' name and they shall say that they have been anointed. But it is the same that Jesus also says that they will deceive many people. And deception comes in very quickly. Deception can come by changing of just one word. We see this in Genesis chapter 3 when God said you shall surely die in Genesis chapter 2. The devil comes, he possesses the serpent in Genesis 3 and he says you shall not surely die. And that is how quickly deception crept in. That is how quickly corruption set in when the word of God was being changed. Yes, when it was being added to or being taken away from. And so today deception creeps in also very easily and we need to verify and many times the the counterfeit can look so close to the genuine that it could all it could be to the point that you could be deceived if you look at money for instance if people make counterfeit money it can look as good as real money unless you give it a light test yes now i used to work as a cashier many years ago at the supermarket and There was a time that there was this scam going around of people circulating counterfeit notes. And we had a little light device, a blue light device at our toll points. And we had to verify, especially the 200 Rand note, and we had to place it under that blue ray light. And then it would show, it would show an image on the other side that you could not visibly see if you just looked at it under normal light. And you would see through it the image of uh, the animal printed on on the, the bill or on the note. And so it is also today that we should take whatever is being preached and teach to us, and we should put it under the light of the word. The Bible says that this woman was using lighting of a candle to look for the lost coin. The Bible says in Psalm 119, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God is the light. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 8, it says that if they speak not according to the law and the prophets, it is because there is no light in them. And whatever is being teach or preached, we should place under the light and the light will reveal it, whether it is genuine or whether it is counterfeit. Yes, we need to give it the word test. We need to verify all things according to the word of God. And that is the only way that we will have the assurance, whether it be of God or whether it be not of God. We need to give it the word test. Yes. And it is only the word that is able to judge between the right and the wrong. The Bible is the only valid measuring rod or a valid measuring stick. It is how we can really Determine what is of God and what is not of God. God cannot contradict his word. God sticks to his word, even with revelations. If God gives a revelation, God will never contradict what is already written in his word. But a revelation is just God opening up your understanding and giving you the right understanding of the Bible. But sometimes there are revelations which people proclaim that are contrary to to the written word there are revelations that don't even coincide with what is already noted down in the bible and therefore we should watch we should pray and we should ask god to give us discernment of spirit because many things are not so today as it was in the very beginning now this woman was looking for this coin and she finally found it yes and if the church will also just look If they will look for God, they will find him. If they search for truth, they will find the truth, yes. And if they also look for the lost, they will win the lost. And that is actually what this coin was representing spiritually. It is the sinner that was lost, that was in darkness, but the light finds finds the sinner. And that is what the mission of the church should be. It should be to win the lost, yes. To preach the gospel, to make known the gospel unto the world, so that people that are lost Can be saved. There is nothing more valuable in the sight of God than a sinner that is saved, than a soul. That is the the commodity that is being used between God and Satan. It is souls. And Satan tries to steal souls. He is a thief and a robber. And nothing is more precious. There is no precious currency or commodity then souls souls is the highest in the rank because people are made in the image of god himself god made people to rule over his creation there is no higher life form on earth than the human yes and the soul of a human is more precious than anything else that could be fine found and therefore jesus came down he shed his blood he died on the cross He was buried, he rose again, so that he could redeem our souls. That our souls could not perish, but have everlasting life. That we might get the forgiveness of our sins and could become heirs of eternal life. That is what it is all about. And that is what the church should endeavor, is to win the lost. Yes, to win the lost at all costs. But sometimes we see that people have lost that mission They try to rather win money, they try to rather win popularity, they rather try to win anything else but the people's souls. Yes, and may God just help the church to get back in step, to get back in line, to get back to the point again where they preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and win the lost at all costs. And all the signs are pointing, and I've spoken about this on various broadcasts, that the signs are pointing the return of jesus christ we can see signs in the heavens we can see signs on the earth we can see signs in the church we can see signs all over the world then we can see that the return of christ is approaching we do not know the day we do not know the hour but we know that our lord shall come again and may it be just a desire of every child of god to just start to look for that which was lost. Many times people start serving the Lord, but after a while they fall away. But may they just regain again what they have lost. May they just regain that first love. May they just regain that passion. And may they start seeking again for that which they have lost. Let us close our eyes. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing me to speak in such a fashion this morning. And may your word not return unto your void, but may it accomplish the mission and the purpose for which you sent it. I pray, Lord, that you will bless and that you will just increase, Lord. May you add souls unto your church. May you save the lost, heal the sick. Lord, many that are tuned in this morning might have infirmities, might have diseases, might have problems and difficulties which are unknown to me, but you know all things. And I just pray that you will touch each and every person's heart and life. And just bless us, Lord, and be with us. Don't leave us or forsake us, and be with us in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Now, God bless you until the next time as I go off the air. We listen to that song when he reached down his hand for me. And then keep in your prayers as I keep you in my prayers. Until the next time, in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
1: You are tuned into the leading internet radio station in the Mother City.
0: From that heavenly, heavenly way, well, I was wretched and as vile as I could be. But my Savior above gave me peace, joy, and love when he reached down his hand for me. One more time, please. Pick up this mic. That's a tiny bit, please, Once my soul was astray From that heavenly, heavenly way I was wretched and as vile as could be But my Savior above gave me peace and love When he speaks Reach down his hand For me When my Savior Reach down for me i oh.
2: Deze in, kijk daar. Verpletter plezier, luister naar radio Isterapier. Dat is oostatie, onze talin en hille, blij lekker, onze mensen.